0: The following is a production of the Phoenix Studios Podcast Network here at the University of Wisconsin Green Bay. For more podcasts, be sure to visit uwgb.edu forward slash podcasts. This is serious. Serious, serious. fun. <laughs> And welcome to the first ever live-to-internet, I guess we could call that a streaming webcast or something, episode of Serious Fun. I am your host, Dr. Brian Carr. This is a podcast, uh, as you're probably aware, that talks about the fun and frivolity of popular culture from an academic standpoint, or at least purports to. I don't know. Sometimes it's just me talking to my friends about nerd stuff. Uh, like today, uh, I want to welcome again back to the show uh, a uh, the longtime game journalist, uh, the rock and tour my little pudding cup steve watts how are you i'm very good thank you how are you doing i'm i'm okay it's it's, really really weird that doctor credential right up front on the on your your own show i have to i really i mean this is it's my show steve I, i have to do this um so we're going to be doing this live, and uh, we have not normally done this. Um, it's not the first time we've ever done a live show uh, on Sirius Fun, but certainly the first time we've ever streamed one on the Internet. And, of course, this is necessary because I can't really drive over to Maryland, and you really can't come over here. So uh, this is the only way it will work. So I'm just going to put my hand on the screen, and yep, there we go. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, so we're going to talk about uh, video games again um, because that's, of course, uh, our respective areas of expertise. Um, and you know, it's 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 really kind of customary in the video game industry to talk about the the best games of the year. What games have the best graphics? The best sound? The the greatest loot boxes? I don't know. Um, and, and usually, you do that before <laughs> the <years> end of <laughs> the year.
1: <laughs> what's that some years more than others yeah, yeah. You brought up greatest greatest loot boxes
0: yeah this is one of those years we'll get to that later um but this I, we're kind of taking a more free-willing approach to it because i think it's good to reflect and kind of like hey give special credence to the games that we really liked this year um that's why we call it the GOATies, you know game of the year g-o-t-y GOATIES, get it um it's of course a tradition that we're carrying over from a podcast that steve and i used to do called replay radio the Late lamented replay radio, um, but
1: uh, <laughs> I mean not that lamented.
0: <laughs> it's a, a, a little, a little. I, I mean, us, it depends. Like not, not not a lot of other people. No, but um, it was fun. Uh, so I thought now is a good time to bring it back, and uh, we're going to go ahead and get started. I know you've got a list. Um, I think we'll just go ahead and start off the top with the list of your five favorite games of the year. I'll yeah, share I mean, some I'm, of mine. But we might I'm, have I some. Been- <laughs> I've sort of been conditioned by uh, my time in games journalism. I'm not
1: actively doing uh, games journalism now, but I've sort of been conditioned into like, sorting things into lists uh, at the end of the year. Um, but since I'm not actually like doing this for a website... No one is forcing me to pit them against each other in any kind of like battle royale where I'm like, this one is better than this one. Um, so I didn't because I don't want to. <laughs> these are just five games that I liked the best. And the, the 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 top my top five were like pretty clear standouts from the rest of my games. Um and so let I was like, okay, well these are these are my
0: five favorite games and I don't have to rank them against each other. No, um, and let me say something real quick before we get started. This was a really good year for games. Um oh yeah. I would argue was a standout. Yeah, like the the average quality was substantially higher than we've seen in the past. For me personally, it also means that it was hard to find like one that really broke out and stood up above the rest. But I'm interested yeah, to hear what yeah. you're listing. That's my. <laughs> that's also part of the problem where I was like, if
1: I really wanted to like sit down, sit down and have a think about <laughs> like how I value games, how I evaluate games. Um, there are a lot of different ways of doing it. Like, which one did I have the most fun with? Which one do I am I most eager to go back to? Which one do I think is going to have the biggest impact? There are a lot of factors that weigh against each other when you're mm-hmm. evaluating game of the year stuff. Um, and this year, I didn't have to worry about that. I was just like, I just like these these games. I could mm-hmm. probably do that mental sorting if I wanted to, but these are significant to me for very different reasons, and I'm kind of okay with them kind of just all being, not not tied, but roughly tied. I like them all roughly around the same <laughs> amount. Um, and the one that I kind of have to lead off with is the one that has appeared on like a billion Game of the Year lists, just because uh, I feel like it's the obvious choice for for a lot of uh, game journals and uh, myself included, I'm an old fan of Zelda, and Zelda: Breath of the Wild was an outstanding game. Um, I think it is that that would be my uh, uh, my influence pick. I think it's probably mm-hmm. going to have a big influence on how open worlds are designed and created. It it functions. Uh, we said this back when we were just talking about like our preview coverage um, when we would, when we had just played it at E3. It, it functions like a toy. It functions like a, oh, can I try this out? And and then things just kind of work, and it feels magical because things work. Right. Um, And that's a really cool feeling. And that's a very different feeling for the Zelda series. Uh, That's not what Zelda tends to do. I guess the one thing that has me less excited about it than a lot of my contemporaries and friends who also love Zelda a lot is that uh, the parts that are authored, which is some of my favorite things about Zelda, are kind of less than, you know? Mm -hmm. Like the, the open world stuff is really cool. Uh, it's really engaging, and I think it's it's going to have a huge impact. But when you go into the dungeons, it's like, okay, these du- these aren't the best dungeons you know that Zelda has done. Mm-hmm. Um, and dungeons are part of the thing that I love about Zelda. The, they, they split them up into these shrines where they're like sort of single-serving puzzles, and that's kind of cool. But I kind of like these giant clockwork thematic uh, mechanism um, dungeons, and this one kind of got away from that. Um, so that was sort of the one drawback for me about it, but I, I did really love it on the whole. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and I so I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of I, I, I am a Zelda, Zelda skeptic. So, so I'm a Zelda freaked. skeptic. Um, <laughs> it, it is weird because people are like, "Oh, you, you're a Nintendo fan. You love Zelda." And the answer is, I I think Zelda's okay. Um, I approve of Zelda. <laughs> I, I feel like Zelda is. is I think I've made this point before. Zelda's a lifestyle brand at this point. Like, if you're into yeah. Zelda, you're really into Zelda, and I mean, you will thing, just not to not to cut you off. I'm sorry, but the
1: other thing that Zelda there's probably it's probably good about- you did before somebody got <laughs> mad at me <laughs> the other thing that i love about zelda that that this one did you know sporadically pretty well is like the it's it's hard to draw a line between lore and like individual moments you know mm-hmm. like going back as far as uh, a link to the past there's like the boy in the woods where you just stumble across this like lovely little bit of wordless storytelling right. you know to ocarina establishing that like oh each of the three principal characters are like represented by these different parts of the triforce and that's mm-hmm. that was an interesting twist for me because it's like, oh that means again it is sort of integral even even though he's the villain he's sort of integral to this whole story you know and this had those moments like the this might be my favorite uh, my favorite way you get the master sword because it feels mm-hmm. appropriately like difficult in a in a way that's expressed through gameplay. so it had those moments that were really cool um, but like I said it, in between that was a lot of like open world, which I liked on its own merits in some ways and dungeons that were like, "Ah, I guess I got to go through this dungeon to get to 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 the next thing, you know? Um, and some of those dungeons were just downright frustrating and they were all kind of samey. Like they all kind Mm -hmm. of
0: had a a very similar look and feel. Um, so yeah. Oh, I'm uh, my, my feeling is that in order for Zelda to be interesting or exciting to me is that it has to not be Zelda. Um. <laughs> so Darksiders is your favorite Zelda game. <laughs> well, no, let, me, let me explain what I mean by that. Like, I feel that the Zelda formula, okay, um, and really after Ocarina of Time and through the 3D games up until Breath of the Wild was defined by a very linear kind of honestly kind of dull progression you go to this dungeon you solve these puzzles you beat this boss using the item you found in the dungeon then you go on to the next dungeon and the next one and the next one there's a very specific order you can't really break it I mean you can kind of like do the speed runs and that sort of stuff to get around it but you know if you get stuck on a dungeon you're stuck on that dungeon you can't do anything else you can go maybe do some side quests or stuff like that but it's not going to help you get through the dungeon right Mm -hmm. When they brought out A Link Between Worlds, which I still believe is that's, the best. Game. <laughs> that's exactly okay. where I thought you were going with this. <laughs> Thank you. Um, they, they instituted the mechanic of saying, okay, all of the items, all of the weapons, everything you need, you just rent it from this guy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that way you can go to any dungeon, you can go in any order you want. And to me, I'm like, this is what Zelda needed to be. If you're gonna make a game about exploration, let the player explore. And it hadn't been that since 1998. Yeah. Right. So this Breath of the Wild is a step in that correct direction. And I think it is the second best Zelda game as a result. Um, <laughs> I think it, I think it almost other, takes it a little, like a step too far for
1: me. I think that's kind of what my problem is. It's like when you, when you brought up link between worlds, it's like, yes, it, it there is this very linear set progression link to the past. I love, even though it is that linear set progression, because it's a classic, um, but like, you're right. They follow a formula. You get the thing to do the thing and then you move on to the next thing. Uh, Linked Between Worlds was like, okay, we're gonna remove those barriers. You can go wherever mm-hmm. you want and do these dungeons, but it was still authored content. Right. This one, they sort of take a step back even from the authored content thing, and they're like, okay, just go anywhere. You want to go fight Ganon? Mm-hmm. Have at it, buddy. You know, like this, like <laughs> they they remove all barriers instead of just most barriers, and <laughs> I think that might be what what sort of uh, made it less exciting for me than than something like Link Between Worlds.
0: Right. So. I, what I, the other thing I like about this game is that Zelda puzzles um, follow a very set progression as well, right? There's one mm-hmm. solution to this puzzle. This one, I think it rewarded you for messing around and experimenting with the different systems and physics and mechanics in the game. There was a lot to just figure out and discover, like burning uh, grass. A lot lit, of
1: multiple things. ways to solve the same thing, yeah.
0: Yeah, like one of the best things I saw all year in games was the fact that, okay, so there's a puzzle, I forget, in one of the shrines. I don't know which one because they all blur together. Um, you have these two metal orbs. You have to get into these two sockets to connect uh, to essentially conduct electricity between the two points and open a gate. I saw somebody basically take a bunch of metal equipment, swords, armor, that kind of stuff, drop it all on the ground between the two points and essentially yeah. create the circuit that way. It's, it creates a circuit. It, it
1: It's um, it's like a physics system, but it's it's like uh, an elemental system almost that, right. that seems more natural and thought out than a lot of those tend to be, mm-hmm. you know?
0: Yeah, uh, and, and, that, and I that think that was really that, exciting and fun. That's what I want to see Zelda become. I like that a lot better because if you go back to the original Zelda games, they were a lot more focused on exploration, experimentation, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think the, the the fact that they're focusing on that in this game sort of speaks to my other issue with the game is that the story is almost non-existent. Like I, I didn't feel anything about this story. Um, and I'm like, okay, yeah, Zelda's been like in the castle for thousands of years and i'm gonna just take my sweet time mm-hmm. getting there ganon is this force that keeps coming back i'm like okay yeah but i don't i don't know it's to me it didn't speak to me now i mean to the extent that it had it didn't it didn't actually have much of a story here i don't think you're wrong about
1: that but to the extent that it had much of a story at all um i think that uh it was interestingly and i think this is something that actually you pointed out back when we were first playing it, mm-hmm. it it's a game that's kind of about failure like the, the last mm-hmm. generation, like failed to stop this thing and now this new generation mm-hmm. kind of has to has to pick it up pick it up and, and take care of it um and so that's a little bit resonant um but i don't think it's you know to the extent that that's the story i don't think that they were trying to like make a statement about it or yeah. anything i think it was, it was just i feel out. like I mean, that's was the, the that was backdrop. an interesting
0: that's an interesting thread i would like to see them really explore more um especially because you had star wars come and do more or less the same thing this year um, <laughs> that's true and, uh, it, I think not did it a much more interesting. About the <laughs> <laughs> what's that not battlefront two. We're talking about the, uh, the movie. No, sorry. that's a completely different kind of failure. That was <laughs> unintentional failure. That was not a treatise on failure. That was just straight up failure. Um, just in case there was confusion, cause we're talking about games. Uh, <laughs> any other thoughts on Zelda before we move on to the next one? Uh, not
1: particularly. Do you, do you have a next one you want to get to? We can kind of, kind of, uh, pass it back and forth. I, I have a feeling this Wally one's going
0: to so. be on your list. Um, it, in fact, you're probably think, right. Okay, so how about we, I'll let you do that one. I'm going to introduce one I don't think will be on your list. Okay. Um, and, and kind of explain why I liked it more than Zelda. And that's Xenoblade Chronicles 2. Um, another for, Switch game. Another Switch game. There's going to be a lot of these, guys. This was, <laughs> if, honestly, I was thinking about, can we just give game of the year to the Switch? And I don't yeah, think we can Nintendo actually Switch, do the that. The whole library. Uh, because, <laughs> man, that system has changed my life in a lot of ways. I feel like I basically I want to play everything on there, and when I can't, I get irritated. Um, uh, see Xenoblade Chronicles. I'm really curious to hear more about from yeah. you. So uh, let me. Uh, my my you're... my trusted old
1: RPG friend. We we, yeah. we met. Random trivia for anyone keeping track of our friendship in some way. Yeah, nobody cares. <laughs> we like met on a on an RPG forum like back when there when forums were a thing. Mm-hmm. But like I picked up Xenoblade Chronicles and uh, Battle Chasers Night War on the same day, mm-hmm. and. And by doing that, I didn't intend to do this, but I sort of like locked them in battle with each other for my time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Battle Chasers is kind of winning that. And I think it's it's a lot easier to jump onto. I, I got it a lot faster. It clicks for me a lot mm-hmm. faster. But you keep saying things about Xenoblade that make it sound really cool. So
0: yeah. uh, you so, have the floor. Okay, I want to hear why this is so great. I find that fascinating because you're talking about this game as a battle for your time. You, you literally cannot win that fight. This game... <laughs> sort <laughs> so of I, I done? Uh, in the interest of full disclosure, I do want to talk about the fact that I have not finished this game yet. Um, I am. And it about, does have
1: an end, presumably, like after I assume 200 it, or you know, so
0: hours. Yeah. I know people have done it. like, I after 200 hours, I finished Xenoblade. I'm like, great. <laughs> I've been working on <laughs> this for a while. <laughs> I'll see you in three years. <laughs> yeah. um, but I, I've been playing this game, and it is honestly all I've wanted to play on the Switch because I... So there's a couple of things I think are interesting about this. Um, number one, it is a game that is, by definition almost aggressively obtuse like the game goes out of its way to make it as difficult as it can for you to understand what's going on even the menus have menus (laughs) yeah not in terms of the story the story is actually really well done and very easy to follow which i was surprised by considering it's by the guy who did like xenogears and all that stuff which is one of my least favorite games ever um but uh the actual gameplay there's just so much to it i don't even know how to explain I guess it's like an MMO kind of, there's auto attacks, there's different arts you can do that give you different abilities. There's like, you have to watch like your spacing, you have to watch where you are relative to everybody else. You have to be very careful about how you set up your teams beforehand. So for example, one of the things that gives you an advantage is the fact that you can do these combos. Like you can topple somebody, knock them over, which kind of temporarily incapacitates them. You can launch them into the air. You can do all this kind of stuff. And if you do all of those at once, you basically put the enemy in a position where they really can't do anything. And you can just completely go to town on them so like one of the strategies i found out is you really have to go and like read about this game because the game honestly does not do a very good job explaining any of this um you have to, so I went and read about it and like, okay, you know, map your abilities to, you know, get you get an ability that says, okay, the, the art that's attached to button X, you can use it the instant, like right at the start of battle. So map everybody's abilities that have break and topple and launch to the X button. Um, so that way they can use it right away. And you have like a combo to start off the fight. I started doing that and it works. And like, it's just a bunch, you know, like, you know, a bunch of stuff like that, where it's like, okay, I need to equip this blade. Cause that's the other thing too. Your weapons are actual characters. Um, And those characters have affinities and you have to give them presents and give them treats to to unlock some of their abilities to help you navigate the world and get new, uh, you know, get new combat skills. Um, And then you can kind of like and I just unlocked this. You can also send them out on missions um, to go do like mercenary work for people around the world. Um, There are there's like a whole like kind of like heart to heart system where you get to know your characters better and you increase their affinity with each other. There's so much going on. I'm, I have no idea, like, I'm actually forgetting tons of it. Um, it sounds like a Rust- Russian nesting doll of systems. <laughs> it's so much. It's so much. But here's the thing. It speaks to me on this very fundamental level, um, because I don't feel, like I guess, as obtuse as, and as dense as it is, I don't feel like any of that gets in the way of what I think is the really driving part of this. It's a big, interesting world to explore with a really compelling story really well done characters and um, some honestly like, so it's, it's incredibly anime. I will say that right now. Um, I'm not a huge anime fan um because I, I'm not, but I really find this, like the characters are super charming. The jokes are funny and they, in within the engine of the game, they really capture some of like the, the, uh, the kind of like, um, Traditions of anime with like the characters falling over kind of like the quick zoom ins and that drop. kind of stuff <laughs> Yeah, a bit of that it all like looks very like it fits perfectly um, And there's like a couple scenes like one you showed me that actually I had not gotten to yet I think it's still well ahead of where I'm at in the game Yeah, um, that's laugh out loud funny and it's completely Based on like kind of the visual language of anime mm-hmm. and I'm like this is just such a unique game and such a departure for Nintendo in a lot of ways that I'm just, and it's perfect for being a portable game. I can just go around, do some missions, level up, that kind of stuff while I'm doing other things. So it's really, I think, a perfect game in a lot of ways for me. And I feel like the story and the combat and the characters, still within this big open world, I like it better than Zelda for that reason.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's dense in a way that's intimidating to me, but I, it <laughs> oh, might so be like Don't my... Don't get me wrong, it's, my, it's ridiculous. Might be my 2018 game of 2017 kind of thing, like where yeah, we'll get to that <laughs> I later. I fall in love with it a little, a little too late. Um, let me. Speaking of RPGs, this isn't no. one that's on my list, but it just barely missed my list, and I feel like we're in sort of an RPG block here. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me let me tell you a little bit on Battle Chasers, uh, since, as I said, it's it's winning the 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 battle for my time. Um, mm-hmm. It is not dense in the way that Xenoblade is. What it is mm-hmm. is like a very clever mashup. It's like if I told you. The, the, the style of old Final Fantasies, where you had like the heroes on one side and the bad guys on the other side, and you pick from a menu and you attack, attack blah, blah, blah. It's that plus Diablo. Mm-hmm. So you've got these these individual dungeon areas where, once you go in, they're restorative items for uh, health and mana, but they're very rare. They're not they're not very common. So once you go into a dungeon, you're pretty much just in the dungeon, and you're dungeon crawling, you're searching for loot. You can go back to dungeons you've already visited and ratchet the difficulty up to harder or legendary for like better loot. And so it's got this this fun cycle of like, okay, I've already done this dungeon, and I'm not quite leveled up for the next dungeon. Uh, so rather than go around and, and fight random enemies to, to grind up, I'm going to go back and grind for more mm-hmm. loot. You know. So, it's got like that cool loot grind aspect to it while also feeling like an old school, you know, traditional RPG, which I really enjoy. And it's, and it's, the story is kind of like, meh, I don't really care about the story. (laughs) But it's got like, you know, fun characters, fun animation. It's, it's obviously, I think it was a Kickstarter game or crowdfunded. Yeah, it's based on a a
0: comic book too from, I I remember, I forget when it came out. So, there's like lore that I don't get. (laughs) Yeah.
1: They started referencing like almost immediately, like this person is the son of this person and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I don't, yeah.
0: (laughs) <laughs> but, the art, style's really cool. um, yeah, cool art style is really cool. Yeah, it's a very You artist, can kind but... of
1: feel it's crowdfunded because after a while you start to see like, oh, it's a it's a palette swap for like another enemy model that they already right. had made. Um, but yeah, it's it's kind of a budget game, but it's like it's the thing that's grabbing me and it's really fun. Um, so just a quick mention of that. The, the the one that I think you were referencing that is that is on my list, and I'm obviously certain that is on your list is Super Mario Odyssey. Yep. Um. Let's just keep the switch train rolling. Uh, why not? Yeah. <laughs> so Super Mario Odyssey would be like uh, if I were ranking things according to just like which one did I just have the most fun with and I want to go back to. Like I would, I would be playing more Super Mario Odyssey now if I wasn't trying to knock some things off my backlog. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, and it it it's it was it's the kind of game that you just smile the whole time because it's yep. just like joyous and colorful and sweet, uh, and and it's got this this nice loop of like oh I found like you know a dozen moons in this area and they, they never kicked me out or back to the the hub world they're just like hey you found a thing okay keep exploring keep looking around right um, it has kind of that toy aspect of Zelda not as much in the the way the physics systems interact. Um, although people have been doing like crazy things with speedruns, but yeah. <laughs> not, not so much in the way that physics systems interact, but more in in just the like, here's a big area to explore. Go look around, have fun, mm-hmm. um, and it is fun. And it's it's this weird mishmash of different art styles and different worlds, and it's got this crazy like uh, kind of funny self aware sense of humor. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's just a delight. Uh, mm-hmm. What what are your thoughts on Mario Odyssey?
0: I think it's a great game. Um, I mean, you know me. I'm a tremendous Mario fan. I like Mario more than Zelda. I like Mario more than most (laughs) things or people. Um, So I think it's a wonderful game. I think it's brilliant. It's beautiful. I think it's clever and interesting um, in a lot of ways. Uh, The only problem I have with it is that the end game is not particularly compelling. I mean, the end game is, hey, there's a lot more stuff to find. Like, go off and find more stuff. (laughs) but to me it's like so the big revolution in this one was the idea that you have like a more open world you're trying instead of trying to have like these gated kind of instanced um missions or levels where you're trying to achieve a certain objective you now can just explore the world and do random things and you'll get the uh moons that you can use to power up your ship and explore new worlds it's a very simple loop right um but The problem is that there's like 900 or so, or maybe even like 1,000. I have no idea of how many things there are, right?
1: Technically infinite, since you can buy them at some point. Yeah, (laughs) Um,
0: but I think it caps out at 999. So we're talking hundreds and hundreds of these little missions. They can't all be winners. And... (laughs) as you go on into the end game, you start to see where they just keep copying the same idea from world to world. Right. So, okay, here's the Cooper race. Here's where you're trying to catch the rabbit. Here's where you're trying to do this. And here, you know, and to me, that's not like, I would rather in a lot of ways have a much smaller, more authored experience. Like Mario galaxy, I think is one of the greatest games of all time is you're constantly doing something new. Right, you never go back and do the same thing twice. I think Mario 3D World is the same way. In Mario Odyssey, you kind of do, and I think I, I, I don't even—I hesitate to even like really call it a knock on the game. I think that if you're going to design a game that way, you almost have to do it that way yeah. because I mean, uh, there's, there's no way... open—it
1: is an open world game, and every open world game has some some element yeah. of that. You know?
0: and and I think generally I have more fun doing that stuff than I do in most open world games, but it did bother me a little bit, and so okay. I came in just white hot in love with that game. After I finished the main campaign, it became kind of more obvious where the edges of it were. And to me, like, I wouldn't put it as, I I put it as one of the best games that came out this year. I'm not sure where I'd put it in terms of Mario games in general. Um, That, like, there's a very specific thing I want out of a 3D Mario game, and it delivered in some ways and didn't quite in others. But in terms of, like, games you could play this year, there are very few that were as good as it. Sure, and
1: I mean, I, I, I played the main campaign and then a little bit past that, and then I sort of drifted off onto other things. So maybe I haven't, like, run into that kind of fatigue Um, like you have. I think the nice thing is if you don't care about getting everything, which, you know... I don't, uh, I, <laughs> you can, you can sort of, you can sort of skip around and be like, I don't really care about doing that one. I'm just, I'm just going to move on to the next one. You know, like from what I understand that the reward for getting everything, it's not worth
0: it. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> but like when you have something that's like that full of stuff, mm-hmm. uh, it's very easy to just skip around, which I, I think is probably the design philosophy they were going for. Um, we can move yeah. on to the next thing. But one, one, one thing I want to mention that's just kind of strikes me as strange is that how crazy is it that they have introduced DLC for Mario games before? For like mm-hmm. Super Mario 3D, what what was it? The the one that was all focused on like getting coins. That was, that super, was
0: new Super Mario Brothers too. New
1: Super Mario Brothers too. The the one that was not very good.
0: Um, like it was okay. <laughs> I, I think that game is better than people give it credit for. But yeah, it, it was not. Yeah. It was disappointing compared but to some had, of the other ones. They had
1: DLC for that in a way that was sort of like this doesn't make a lot of sense. But no. like of of any Mario game to have DLC, Mario Odyssey is. The one that makes the most sense, like yeah. of, ever, of ever, and it's <laughs> it's baffling to me that they have not even mentioned like, hey, we're working on you know a DLC pack that'll add another world for you to look at, you know, something yeah. like that.
0: Well, I mean, the Nintendo Direct's coming at some point this month, I think. So we'll actually, probably I think, have. I think that might be Thursday. I think there's a Direct heard, on Thursday. I've heard the 11th. I mean, we're recording this on the 8th, so who knows?
1: Yeah, but, so by the well, time you hear yes. this,
0: yeah, <laughs> I will mean, be completely wrong.
1: Right? Yeah. Because uh, um, I, I would be interested in some DLC for that game. Yeah, I would too. So, and and they did Mario Kart 8 DLC, right? So I, I, yeah. I have some faith in their ability. Mm-hmm. Um. So what 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 is uh next on your list? I've got three more to go, but
0: yeah, I'm good. I I don't know if I have three more to go. <laughs> I've Kind of run out of ones I really want to talk about. Um. I'll talk real quickly about uh, Cuphead. I think Cuphead was really cool. Oh, um, that was another one that I fell off of quickly, but another game I haven't finished. to Be completely honest, but I love that it exists. Um, I think the, I mean, the art style is obviously the big selling point. It looks gorgeous. Um, It is a phenomenally designed, like it just, it's a beautiful looking game. Um, It is, you know, just like, there's nothing else that looks like it, but that I think isn't really the most compelling part of it. I think what's interesting is that they essentially use that as a way to make a completely insanely difficult uh, bullet hell shooter in a lot of ways. Um, and, and I completely, I totally respect that. Like it is when, when you think about like, okay, we're going to do like this crazy, like 1930s animation art style. What kind of game would you make with that? Contra doesn't come to mind, but <laughs> that's what they did. And I'm, I love them for it because those kind of games I feel are so precious and rare these days. Yeah. Um, and to have one that's actually really phenomenally well-designed with a beautiful art style, some interesting gameplay mechanics. Um, it's, I wouldn't say it's revolutionary. I wouldn't say that, you know, it's, it. Uh, like I, I don't know if I put on like the greatest games of all time list, but it was a special thing that came out this year, and I and I feel like it was because they I was following the game for years. They kept pushing it back. I feel like they came out this year. It was worth the wait, and uh, those guys should be really proud of what they accomplished. I think it was pretty much just like a two or three guy studio. So yeah, um, yeah, it's it's it's, it's, really it's one of those like amazing amazing feats that would win the <laughs> amazing feat award. <laughs> yes, one hundred
1: percent. Yeah. Uh, one that I want to bring up that I am pretty sure you have played, but I I, I don't recall. Um, but it's one that sort of went forgotten, and I by a fluke of the calendar, I feel like it got overlooked. Horizon Zero Dawn. Yeah. Um, there, if Zelda came along and sort of shook up the open world thing in a really uh, interesting way, Horizon Zero Dawn is like the pinnacle of the old style of open world game. It's mm-hmm. it's it's taking that that uh, way of making an open world game and being like this is the polished as hell. Really, really good version of that yeah um, it it was it was full of interesting things to do. the combat was was really unique and interesting where where there was you know you you could play stealthily against human enemies. Meanwhile, if you're fighting a machine, you have to sort of scout it out and look for weaknesses and knock off important parts, and sometimes those parts could become weapons. so there was lots of interesting little like uh, gameplay loops within the combat mechanics and exploration, um, but on top of that. I thought that the story that it told, and I'm sort of a lore nerd just in general, if that hasn't mm-hmm. become clear. Like when I play games, I, I enjoy um, games that push storytelling in some way. The story that it told was in some ways a pretty typical sci-fi story about the end of the world and then society is rebuilding. Um, but it, it sort of plays with your expectations and... Uh, it's more thought out in the lore in some ways than you would expect. Um, mm-hmm. I'm gonna dance around spoilers, but sort of allude to them in a Yeah, we haven't a, really spoiled anything else in this game, yeah, so I feel so like I we should. I don't want to <laughs> like, spoil one of the main reasons that I'm telling people to play the game, but <laughs> but like mm-hmm. there's there's when you get to the revelations, they they have this very slow rollback of like what exactly happened throughout the game and it, it and it just like layers and layers and layers mm-hmm. and when you finally get to like what exactly happened in a lot of apocalyptic scenarios in sci-fi mm-hmm. it's like oh a person you know put a one instead of a zero and then the machines went crazy and they killed everybody right. you know and it's like this isn't that simple this is like there was one department that did one thing and there was another department that did another thing and they did not talk to each other well enough and they didn't see how these two things would interact and conflict with each other in a way that would create this nightmare scenario that there was no way out of. Right. You know? um, so it's a game about the importance the,
0: of communication, is what it is.
1: It is, and it, it, it's also a game that's important. That, that's about the importance of like um, science and skepticism. Mm-hmm. When you get to the ultimate like conclusion of that game, the person that it's honoring the most is like this scientist, mm-hmm. the hero of the game that 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 paved the way for you as Aloy to do all of these great things to save the world was not. A muscle, you know, a muscle-bound hero in any way. She was a scientist. She was a thinker, and mm-hmm. I think that that was a really cool way to frame that in this in this game that you don't usually see in games or media in general. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I think that's I, I think that's interesting. I personally only played a bit of the game. Um, I, I feel like playing it after Breath of the Wild was a mistake because um, to me, like it's it's a beautiful game, but. Breath of the Wild, to its credit, had figured out a lot of things about traversing these uh, big environments that yeah. Horizon did not. Yeah, Horizon has the yellow handholds and such. <laughs> uh-huh. And that, again, is not a knock on Horizon. It's just more the challenge, I think, about trying to uh, really participate in this medium uh, and really kind of try to make a good faith effort to play everything um, or at least play the stuff that's kind of like the big, interesting stuff. Um you're going to run into things where like one game might do something differently, or it might do more of the same thing. Another game did same thing. Another game did. And that's of this medium. And I also almost wonder sometimes we might be better off just not playing as many games so we can have like a better kind of more objective and fresh experience with each one. I don't know, but um, yeah, it's, it's neat. I think that uh, the setting is cool. I think the main character is cool. I like the kind of like lore and mythology that they built up. Um, but yeah, I, I wouldn't, I, I thought it was cool, but I, I will yield to you and, and allow you to uh, recognize it as, 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 really, really good, but yeah, uh, it would not,
1: it, it is. I else. recommend playing it just to, to see the story through, or at least like reading a wiki or something. Cause yeah. it, it's hard to explain uh, without having seen it for yourself, how progressive the rollout is the, mm-hmm. the, the way that they present the information in a very slow way that, that sort of misleads you in certain ways. Then mm-hmm. it's, it's a very interweaving kind of, kind of narrative rollout. Um,
0: so yeah my friend uh my friend drew proctor just uh tweeted saying i am playing this game and hate the side missions that is my take thank you for your consideration (laughs) he's right they're not fun
1: i did so much in that game i don't even know i i i i ate it up i did so many side missions i did all of the little whatever you call them the camps that you can capture um i did i yeah i i did not (laughs) have that problem that drew had um so another game that I, uh, that, I, that I know you also loved, uh, we can get back on the Switch train here for a second because that's the platform I played it on, uh, was SteamWorld Dig 2. Okay. Which is not a game that has been, I think, heard a lot in Game of the Year discussions. It should um, be. It, but it should be, exactly. Uh, yeah. it's, it's, it's one of those games that it's like, oh, it's a tiny, just fun thing. And, mm-hmm. and people kind of forget about that when they're thinking about like oh the biggest and the most impactful and the most money making and blah 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 this is the one that just like if you have a half hour and you just want to like play a game that is mm-hmm. polished as hell and the, and the upgrade tree is really good and it's relaxing it's got like a relaxing gameplay loop where you just like dig down and you find some stuff and then you come mm-hmm. back and even if you don't get it done with any major story events in your play session you still feel like you accomplished something you're yeah. rewarded for it um
0: it's 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 great <laughs> I say it's, the best, it's the best metroid game to come out this year um like, <laughs> what, what metroid what, what, there was uh there, I, I, there was one on 3ds it was, it was returns yeah 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 good. i'm being snarky um <laughs> no it's, it's a great i love the steam world games i i'm so glad they continue to exist they are doing really cool things and some interesting concepts that just aren't really being done anywhere else i think as well yeah. um so I'm not itself
1: was already really good. And they somehow yeah. mm-hmm.
0: like improved upon every aspect yeah. of it. It's a substantially better game than the original. I think. Yeah. I just haven't finished uh, it yet because yeah. I got sidetracked with other stuff, but I will get back to it eventually. But that's, that's like a
1: bang for your buck choice because it, oh, you, yeah. it, no. it, it, you yeah. can get, it's maybe, you know, if you do critical path it's maybe like 10 ish hours, it's not which long. is, which is not crazy, but it's like, it's a, it's just a cheap, really fun, satisfying thing. Um, and I've got one more, but I will let you say something if you want to. Yeah,
0: yeah um, okay, so I have a couple here. Uh, I'm going to talk about one, uh, Injustice 2, real quick. Um, so yeah. I'm not a fighter there are two, guy, too. Yeah. Well, there were two big fighting uh, superhero fighting games that came out this year. I'm going to save discussion of the other one um, uh, for a little bit later. But uh, this... I thought was a great game. Um, I've really been a fan of NetherRealm. Uh, Their their last few games have just been outstanding. Ever since the kind of Mortal Kombat reboot back in 2011, I think it was, um, they've really done a great job modernizing the style of their games and really making them, I think, a legitimate competitor to uh, some of the kind of like, you know, more established kind of uh, fighting games on the market because um, my problem with Mortal Kombat was always it feels really slow and stiff and kind of boring. That is not really the case with the more recent NetherRealm games, and uh, I liked Mortal Kombat X. I didn't think there was a lot to do in that game. Injustice 2 completely changed that. Um, the other thing I think is really valuable about that game is it does make an effort to tell a really interesting story. The first Injustice I think had some real issues. Um, you know, I'm not a big fan of the fact that Superman melts uh, Shazam's face with a heat vision. I think that's a really weak way to go. Um, but this game, I think, is a lot more interesting and subtle and nuanced in the portrayal of its characters. There's a maturity to it, I think, that has really been missing um, from this franchise up until this point. It and this I kind feel... of
1: scratches two itches for you. It's, it's a game, obviously. It's a fighting game, but it's also uh-huh. very steeped in comic lore, which is another of oh, your area heavens, yes. your areas yeah, I'm, I'm a big...
0: So. I mean, just, you look behind me, I've got superhero stuff everywhere. And, um, you know... I'm a a Marvel guy first and foremost, but I love DC as well. And playing this, I was just like, why can't we get a Marvel game with this level of polish, with this level of production? This is, it is almost horrifying how good this game looks, how much effort and and time and energy. Look like faces. It's very, Mm -hmm.
1: it's kind of alarming. Like, like Harley Quinn is wearing makeup that like no sane normal person would wear, but her face just looks like a face, you know? (laughs) Yeah.
0: And and the thing is, like, but even beyond like the technical proficiency, like in terms, of the story they really do a great job of making these characters compelling and interesting and deep and i think honestly like i love harley quinn's arc in this game Um, i was
1: going to say like i I don't have much feedback to offer about that game but but harley has one of the most um subtle (laughs) which is weird (laughs) but like the like a very subtle look at like abuse (laughs) in a weird way. Um, and it's not what you would expect from like a fighting game about superheroes.
0: No. And it's, it's honestly the whole kind of arc in the game is her kind of breaking the cycle. And to me, that's my favorite part of the Harley Quinn story. And the most recent cinematic depiction of Harley Quinn did not do that, which is one of the many reasons suicide squads, garbage, um, absolute utter garbage. I'm sorry. It's terrible. Um, (laughs) (laughs) This game, I think, does her much more justice as a character. And honestly, one of my favorite parts in the game, like, you know, there's all the cool superhero stuff. Here's, you know, here's Brainiac, and here's Supergirl, and, you know, here's, like, you know, fighting and conduct and that kind of stuff. But the thing that really got me was... um, Okay, so here's a slight spoiler. So Superman and Batman face off again. They're kind of like the opposing forces in this storyline. And they're having their final confrontation, and before the fight, it's just the two of them talking about their friendship. It's the two of them talking about how, what Batman did, um, like, you know, he was the first one to know that Lois Lane, who's now dead in the storyline, um, was pregnant and you know, before Superman even told him because they're just that connected. And, you know, it was such a sweet kind of nice thing. Like, these are two guys who have been through a lot. Circumstances have forced them apart, but they still recognize that there is someone in there that they were very close to. And there's something really kind of heartbreaking about that, as they're about okay. to face off, and what could possibly be the death of one of them, right? Yeah. Um, it's like me, the scene from from. <laughs> but again, <laughs> done better. Syrian, but like. <laughs> yeah, <they're> better. <laughs> So it's, I don't know. I really, really like that game. Plus as a fighting game. It's fantastic. Um, I think they really did a lot of cool stuff with the loot system and the gear, Um, like dressing up the characters in different ways is really cool. And it has a fantastic roster. There's a couple nitpicks I have. Um, There's some characters I wanted to see in there, but with the DLC and everything, they've done a great job expanding it out. I wish they didn't have two Mortal Kombat characters in there, but what are you going to do?
1: Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. That's, that's a really good pick. And uh, the, the other, the fun thing about that game, um, to add some of my own, you know, not an expert uh, commentary, is that, like, even if you're not good at fighting games or, you mm-hmm. know, particularly knowledgeable of superheroes, uh, both of which kind of describe me, I'm, like, medium-level knowledgeable of superheroes, uh, they, it it plays with their personas in a, in a recognizable enough way that even just, like, a casual fan can, like, mm-hmm. turn on, you know, Supergirl's uh, super move where she, like, knocks somebody around the sun, mm-hmm. and it's like... That's fun. Like, that's yeah. that's always going to be fun. No matter, <laughs> no matter how, how well you know fighting games or Supergirl, that's always fun. Yep. Um, so I've got one more pick for uh, my five favorite games of the year, uh, and that is um, Assassin's Creed Origins, which kind of just squeaked on uh, just barely. Um, it was one of those like, well, there's a lot of a lot of things that could go in this last spot that are that are kind of close to each other. But Origins won me over. I I, I like Assassin's Creed games in general. Uh, I, ever since Assassin's Creed Two with the the big reveal at the end, which I still think is like one of the best like ending reveals of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it the, that series has sort of had its hooks on me, but I think it's fair to say that it has not known what to do with itself. for quite a while uh, like since at least the end of three i mean black flag was was fun but that was basically just a pirate who like found an assassin suit and he's like okay i guess you know like (laughs) like it hasn't had um like a direction and this Mm -hmm. one actually felt like it was telling a story and the the story that it was telling was impactful partly because it wasn't just following the the lead's story um mm-hmm. a lot of the assassin's creed games have been like oh this person is seeking you know uh uh some sort of recompense or um you know for themselves or for their family or whatever this uh the very minor spoiler is basically like the the, the lead character bayak his son dies um and you know that basically from the start of the game is that his son is dead and he's out for revenge um but they they focus not as much, but almost as much on how his wife is dealing with this. And you have mm-hmm. some missions as his wife, um, and there are a lot of scenes of them together. And it's the the story on the whole isn't really about Bayek as much as it's about how these two parents deal with their grief in like pretty radically different ways. You know, Bayek is is he wants to make the people who did it pay. He he is out for pure, straight up revenge uh her her she she starts to diverge when she's when she realizes like we need to find the political systems that led to this and change them and have a revolution so like she's very politically minded he's very vengeance minded and they sort of splinter off in two different directions and the the sort of question hanging over their relationship throughout most of the game is like are they diverging too much are they are once this is settled for them Mm -hmm. like you know, first of all, can it can it even be settled when your child, you know, is killed? But like, once this is settled somehow in their minds, are they going to be so far apart that they can't be together anymore? You know, like, is mm-hmm. is that going to be like a second tragedy following the first tragedy? And it and it deals with that in a really like subtle, interesting way. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, I'm not going to spoil like how it all resolves, but like, no, because I'm kind of curious to check this out now. It deals with that with that relationship and how they split apart. Um, mm-hmm. Slowly, as she pursues these political goals, and he pursues this vengeance goal, and and uh, it's it's just an interesting look at like a marriage in a weird way, hmm. uh, while also being like an Assassin's Creed game where you're you know assassinating <laughs> and yeah. um, the like, historical
0: like, murder tourism. Yeah, it,
1: yeah. I mean, it also plays with the it plays with the lore a little bit. Like the first time, this is a very minor spoiler. I'll just say it real quick. But uh, the first time he he uses the assassin's blade in the old in the old assassin's creed games you they they cut off the ring finger for the assassin's Mm -hmm. blade that's part of the lore um so then and the the first time he uses it he basically uses it by accident and it just cuts off his own finger (laughs) (laughs) so like it's it's little things like that that it's like oh okay i see what you did that's (laughs) that's pretty funny
0: it's pretty good um they but have a know, lot of fun with that. I remember the uh, gag in Assassin's Creed 2 being pretty good about how he's about ready to cut off his own fingers. Like, for God's sake, don't do it. We figured out a way to do that. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's got, like, some, some playfulness with the
1: lore. It, it, it ends on a note where you're like, okay, I see how this is called Assassin's Creed Origins. Um, and, but meanwhile, it revises the systems in such a way that... It, it modernizes it. It makes feel, it makes things mm-hmm. feel a lot smoother and more modern. There's sort of a loot grind to it where, like, there's legendary loot and things like that, which you can sort of take or leave. That's not... Yeah, I know. There, you can sort of take or leave. Loot, you say? <laughs> like, like the legendary loot basically has, like, more descriptors. Like, it, it might have poison attached or something like that. Um, but, like it's basically just a way of having stronger equipment and weaker equipment and a lot of stuff you can sell. Um, But it like plays with a lot of those systems. And (laughs) one of my favorite things that it plays with is the Eagle vision thing. It's not so much, you just turn on a, you you press a button prompt and everything turns kind of bluish and you see where your target is or whatever. And this one, it's like a literal Eagle. You've got a pet Eagle. (laughs) And And so you press a button and your, your, your Eagle is sort of scouting the area and, and, you know presumably like tells you where the target is and as Why you did I not
0: play this when it came out and,
1: <laughs> and as you get more of those towers you're not like um just increasing your you know your view of the area which you are doing but you're also including increasing the eagles range so by the time you've done like all 50 whatever towers mm-hmm. your you can see for you know miles and miles and like spout, scout out like materials for you and all sorts of things mm-hmm. um so it, it's got like upgrade upgrade trees that aren't just like learn. You can learn to assassinate better. It's got upgrade trees that sort of like feed into all of these different systems that they have going that that sort of make it feel like a more modern game, um, as opposed to one that, you know, very obviously started in the three hundred and sixty slash PS three era, which the last couple kind of have.
0: Yeah, I, I feel like the year off seems to have done them good. Mm-hmm.
1: And it's set in such an interesting uh, part of the world and time period. You get sort of that like fun and. Also, by the way, it's like absolutely gorgeous. So, like, you get that fun, like, you know, cultural tourism thing where you're like, "Oh, I'm in ancient, I'm in mm-hmm. ancient Rome. I'm actually seeing like, you know, the these these structures as they would have looked at the time." And the uh, some of the pyramids have like the white, you know, uh, uh, I, f- I forget if it's marble, maybe, um, like the the white covering, so they are like smooth instead of the blocky kinds of pyramids mm-hmm. that we now recognize. You know, mm-hmm. things like that. It's really cool. Yeah, which is probably cool. why they're releasing like a no kill version of it, uh, like for classrooms. <laughs> oh, really? That's cool. Yeah, you can just look around the ancient structures and stuff.
0: Cool. Um, yeah, so I got I'll just mention uh, a couple real quick here that I think, um, I don't know, spoke to me in some way. Uh, I the first is Call of Duty World War Two. Um, because I've been I, I, after like many years of resisting Call of Duty, I've played like the last four Um but this one to me, I feel is really interesting and compelling in a way, both as a gameplay design. Like I feel like the the way the maps and the levels are designed for multiplayer are really a lot more fair and interesting and taking away a lot of like the traversal and movement options that were in um, you know uh, Infinite Warfare and Black Ops and Advanced Warfare and that kind of stuff. Um, that actually has helped make the game a lot more competitive. I feel like I'm actually decent at this game and I was not at the last few. Um, and I have not played a lot of the campaign. I do think it's interesting. Um, what I have played is kind of interesting because like it is really a it's pretty much like a stock World War II narrative but it does actually delve into some of the interesting like social issues and uh like what characters would have thought and felt back then in terms of like uh you know who you are in the unit like uh kind of like racial relations and ethnic relationships and that kind of stuff um and also the question of like redemption like your commanding officer apparently got a bunch of people killed on a previous mission so this is like his attempt to try to you know rebuild his reputation and rebuild his name by turning a bunch of like no accounts from around the the country into like a good fighting unit and that stuff and um and there's you know the the landing on normandy is harrowing like it's awful like it's it's one of the most genuinely upsetting sequences i've played in a game in a long time and i'm kind of like this is how is this supposed to be fun this is this is awful which i think is supposed to be the point because it doesn't feel cinematic or epic it feels like you are literally just scrambling up this beach trying not to die and to me, I feel like that's a side that kind of challenges. There's a we did an episode of Serious Fun um, back around the time this game came out, talking about the mythologization of World War II, right? How mm-hmm. we build this kind of like grand narrative where there it's it's not so much about like There's you the know good guys like, and the bad guys and yeah, know. it's 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 like a superhero narrative rather than here are a bunch of young men and women who are conscripted into a fight um, and you know fought for a, a just cause right but you know it was more complicated than just good versus evil right and the game does to its credit get into that like it does talk a bit about um just sort of the complexities of combat and the complexities of the military and that kind of thing um then it also has a nazi zombies mode which i think they need to get I, I'm it's controversial they need to get rid of zombies if they're going to ask us to take this seriously <laughs> having like talking about like the grip gritty harrowing thing of, of world war ii and how you're being respectful to this to that and then having separate modes that we having like loot boxes drop from the sky and zombies coming after you you can't do all three you gotta pick one or two at most <laughs> pick um, a because like to me again it is this commodification like it's fascinating to me because i think it's a good game it's my it's it's probably the call of duty i've liked most recently um but it's also this kind of fascinating document of just how messed up our perception and our attitude toward world toward world war ii is um so I don't know. There's a lot to to um, unpack there, and I think I'm going to probably be playing this well into this this new year. So I'm going to probably have more thoughts as I go on. But it is it's something. I will say that it is something. Um, so yeah. I, if not that, I have that to, was
1: a, that was a game where they were like they wanted to. It, I don't know if they used the phrase "band of brothers," but they were like it's no very band, band of brothers. We, we want to make the band of brothers for video games, basically. Yeah, um, and that's I, sort of. I don't know if they defeated, but like. But that sort of communicates like an intent and a tone, um, Mm -hmm. that, you know, made me interested in playing the game.
0: Yeah. It's, I I say it's Uh, worth a shot. Like, um, and then, uh, the other one I just want to talk about really quickly. I don't even know if I, this is a favorite game of the year, but I was just surprised by how much I got into this, um, was, uh, Madden NFL 18. And you know, it's a very, it's a good Madden game. It's a real good Madden game, but the story, the long shot mode, emotionally devastating. Um, in a way that I was not aware <laughs> of was not expecting to come into a Madden game and nearly cry like they did I mean it's such I mean it's such a stock sports movie narrative of this kid who you know things went bad for him he gets a second chance he's trying to redeem it and there's like you know but it's just so sweet and earnest and it knows it's so like it knows it's cornball and like there's the scene where your best friend writes a song for you and sings it and it's just so endearing and I'm getting teary-eyed just thinking about it because just these two kids trying to pursue their dream and be friends and it's just beautiful it's beautiful it was one of the honestly one of the best stories I played in a game all year mm-hmm. um, and uh, I really just want to give it, it credit. It like it did it better than uh, the what, what was the Spike Lee basketball plot?
1: <laughs> oh the, <laughs> in the game that they
0: yeah I, I mean I will not say I, I don't want to like get into this objective thing of better or worse because I think Spike Lee's like that was a interesting experiment of its own um, but it is. But as far as like this kind of story career modes that these games have had, it is substantially better than the NBA 2K games have been in the last. I mean, it's couple.
1: hard to do a, a plot in a sports game.
0: So, I <laughs> mean, but it's not at the same time. Like it's, it's. Think I, they I like think tried it, and it sounds like they succeeded. Yeah, I mean, it's basically it's a telltale. Uh, it's basically telltale presents the NFL. Like a lot of its op- like dialogue choices, trying to maintain yeah. relationships, make the right call with a couple little football games here and there. But there's like no pro play. You never actually step on the field for a game in the league. Um, and like I don't know, it's it's beautiful. I was trying really I mean, hard to get the guy who was like the head writer for it on serious fun, but it didn't quite pan out. The shame um, of it but- is that. As a as an official oh, NFL, NFL game, yeah. But
1: uh, as an officially licensed NFL game, they're they're never going to touch on certain aspects no. of the NFL. You know, you're never going to have like, oh, your guy got a head injury or you know,
0: yeah, <laughs> like steroid abuse, abuse, um, domestic violence. Yeah. Uh, like you none know, of political. none of that is going to appear anywhere. <laughs> <in class. laughs> to their credit, they do kind of like touch on the subject of how and and like you have this kind of speech from the guy who's like a former coach who's also trying to get his like uh, second chance he talks about how basically like he saw like his under his management so many young men came in and were just ground up and spit out like their bodies were broken they were just trying to do this and he feels per- like that weighs on him every day and he keeps thinking like hopefully like you know you know like you'll be the one that changes that but what if you're not right like and yeah. that's like a really interesting like that's about as deep and that's, dark as it's going to get.
1: The, the but, end. I would have expected them to go. Yeah.
0: So yeah. it's it's. It, I, I was just surprised by it, and honestly, I feel like we can't talk about it enough. As far like, I mean, again, it's a lot of it's like stock archetypes. It's it's not a surprising story in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. but it is. I was emotionally invested in it in a way that I was <laughs> not expecting. So, um, I, I I would have to give that as one of my favorites this year.
1: Okay. Uh, I think we're 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 at risk of running long, but I I have I have a few more that I can mention off offhand as just like a couple more that I think are notable in some way. yes um, you do you have like any quick, any, we'll any special, special
0: categories you want to get to or anything like that? Um, I actually do, um, but we can we can just if you want I just let's, do like let's a couple do that because these might come up
1: organically. Okay. As we talk about that.
0: So uh, um, I'm going to talk about first I think games that deserve a second chance. Games that were maybe destroyed by the. Uh, Discourse around them or anything like that. Games that deserve a second look because they might actually be pretty good. At what they do. I'm going to talk about the other big superhero fighting game this year: Marvel versus Capcom Infinite. Now, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Marvel versus Capcom. Okay, this should come as no surprise to you. Um, for anybody who knows me, especially you, Steve, I love this these the series because I can have Spider-Man punch Mega Man. That's awesome. um <laughs> But to me, I feel the series kind of lost its way because it became very much a series uh, game based for the hardcore tournament crowd, which I am not a part of. Um, So the kind of like fun superhero slap fight that I liked became this like really kind of like all these like weird systems and arcane rules and characters being put in just because the tournament players wanted them. Um, I was really in retrospect, and I know this is not a popular opinion with the tournament crowd, but I did not think uh, Marvel versus Capcom 3 was very good. Um, I mean, it wasn't bad by any stretch, but it was just disappointing to me. And so when infinite came out, um, I was kind of optimistic, but the more I saw about it, like, you know, the fact that the rosters weren't very good, obviously they couldn't use the X-Men because of the whole, um, Fox Marvel thing, which is now apparently not even an issue. So who knows? Um, the you know, the roster was disappointing it felt very slapdash like a low effort um project from marvel and capcom like it was just not a priority um so i became more and more disappointed and i va- basically just skipped it when it came out which is very unheard of for me with this series but then i picked it up um when it went on sale a little bit closer to christmas and i played it and It's really good. Like the thing that's frustrating is that the roster is still terrible. I don't know why Spencer from Bionic Commando 2009 is on there. That game wasn't good. Nobody liked it. Nobody likes him, but he's there um i know why he's on there essentially I, get, I think one of the problems is they had to like reuse a lot of the assets from um the third game and he was one of the characters that one of the producers really really liked so they put him in because they also had the character model already ready to go i think it was a bad choice i think he has no business being on there especially when tron bond's not on there um but uh I don't know. The game is really well designed. It's streamlined and accessible in a way that reminds me of the original games in the series before it got really hardcore and technical. Um, going back to a 2v2 system I think is a lot more interesting because it's not just about a war of attrition anymore. You have to make a lot more strategic decisions. Adding the Infinity Stones and giving you like another set of abilities is really, really cool. Um, I, I, and you know, Honestly, I don't think the roster is good, but I've come to appreciate the characters who are there. Um, I, they added some really cool new ones. Um, the story mode is not good, but it is appealing to me on a purely fanboy level. Like, so I'm going to spoil it because you don't, nobody cares about the story. Um, <laughs> there is a point where, so I'm a big Mega Man X fan, and there's always a point in the X games where, Mega Man just like you know has this like philosophical breakdown. He's like, "What if I'm doing is wrong? And, you know, what I'm doing is wrong. Do I have the right to do this? What's the proper like?" Just like he's, I love Mega Man X, but he's a bit of a baby. It's right? a
1: little, it's a little noir. They, that, they yeah. were trying for like a Blade Runner thing. <laughs> and so
0: there's this part where they want him to take one of the Infinity Stones and and use. He's like, "Should I wield this power? Right? Is it, is it right?" Like he has this sort of breakdown. And Rocket Raccoon just runs up behind him, grabs the stone, and says, "Here you go," and tosses it to him because that <laughs> that's a perfect character moment for both of those characters. Yeah. There's another part. That's- where, um, you know, there, where Ryu fights Thanos, and Thanos basically takes the Satsui no Hado, the dark evil Ryu energy, away from him, and uses it as a weapon. And I'm like that objectively is awesome. I can't lie and say that I'm not into that because I am. Um, so whoever wrote this, I feel like they have a pretty good grasp on these characters and on these franchises and all the little yeah. inside jokes and that sort of stuff. So is it as good as Injustice's story? No, not even close. But is it still kind of entertaining in like a garbage Saturday morning cartoon way? I think so. So I think that game deserves a second look. It's it's a solid fighting game. I like it better than Injustice as a game in some ways even though I think the roster for Injustice's so much better um but it's it i don't know it got overshadowed and i don't think it's going to do very well i think this is the last one we're going to get so you might as well enjoy it
1: yeah yeah uh let's see if i can plug another quick one here um oh do you have a do you have another kind of, i don't have i don't have like a yeah how about a game seconds? that i
0: never got to like how about a, a game that we wish yet we had gotten to uh in 2017 i've got one right now and that's yakuza 0 um, I want to play this game so badly. I have not had a chance. I'm not sure when I'll have a chance, but hopefully, I will sometime this year. Yeah, I mean, for me, that's um, for me that one is that one is squarely Wolfenstein.
1: I've heard so much uh, chatter about how that game just goes like some pretty crazy places, uh, mm-hmm. and 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 is a um, not a bashful sort of take on politics in, in a way, like not in a direct way, but in a you kind of get what they're going for (laughs) a commentary. Um, I'd like to, I'd like to see what all the, all the buzz is about, I just didn't have time to get to it this year.
0: Sure. Uh, so I, I think we're probably gonna need to wrap it up here in just a minute, but I guess like the last thing I want to talk about is just like looking forward to next year. Like, what do you think the big um, trend or the most exciting game is going to be? If you had to like pick a thing you're really excited for this coming year, what would it be?
1: oh uh see this is the thing I was looking at game at that upcoming game lists the other day and I was like there are a lot of games on this list that I'm curious about but there's nothing on this list that's that, that I'm like oh man I can't wait to play wait to play that you know um, it's mm-hmm. it, it's a weird kind of year it's almost like um, almost like the inverse of this year where a lot of games came out that I really loved but it was hard to rank them against each other next mm-hmm. year it's almost like The same thing there's a lot of games that look like i'm gonna really love them but there's no standout for me so Mm -hmm. i'd say mostly i'm looking for a surprise it it occurred to me the thing that i said on twitter was like i don't know if this year is genuinely looking kind of weak or if it's just that i don't know what nintendo is doing Mm -hmm. because i feel like whatever whatever nintendo does is going to you know appeal to me because it always does Um, right and i'm curious to see what they do but other than that uh nothing is is standing out to me you know, head and shoulders above uh, the other crops of games that that all look pretty good, you know?
0: Yeah, and I will say the same thing. Like, I'm really curious what Nintendo's going to do now that they're in a sort of catbird seat, so to speak. Like, they are potentially like you can almost argue they're on top of the industry right now um they have not been in this position for a while i don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing because i think like uh, desperate nintendo is the best nintendo but i feel like they've got a really interesting system with a good hook here i want to see what they do with it and i'm also really excited about it for the fact that we might get a good spider-man game for the first time since like 2004 yeah, that was pretty great yeah, yeah that, I'm, I'm looking forward to list that. Of, like all these look real good
1: yeah. <laughs> types of games and, actually and, let me... go ahead uh, i i had googled 2018 games i mean red dead 2 is like the the if yeah, i had to, if it comes to, out that's good if i had to guess one that would like probably capture me uh it's probably red dead but there are a lot that i think could surprise me like sea mm-hmm. of thieves could be really fun anthem could be really fun um so you know oh and yoshi is apparently <laughs> sleeping for this year <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah it's a, there's a lot coming we'll see how that kind of shakes out um but uh we'll call it there so thank you very much steve for being on the special webcast live edition of serious fun uh where can people check out your writing i know you've got some stuff floating around out there
1: uh well people can always follow me on twitter uh at sporky mm-hmm. Reeve. it's spelled the way it sounds uh mm-hmm. which is stupidly um and <laughs> and uh i've got other things that are happening that i cannot divulge yeah
0: okay Hopefully soon so, i'll be able to explain
1: <laughs> what i'm doing with my time
0: you have know, um, some really good stuff for was it genie G-E- yeah Gen-
1: I, I think it's pronounced genie I, i've never yeah. actually heard it said out loud but it's g-e-n-i-i i've been writing some pieces about magic which was like a fascination of mine when i was a child mm-hmm. and uh one of my former editors in the in the game space went and started a magic site and i just kind of started pitching around things yeah
0: and it's some on. really interesting stuff, like i mask magician stuff like that. Was yeah. really cool. Just
1: ended up being like, oh yeah, I remember why I was into this stuff. So, uh. <laughs> so go check that out too. Yeah, it was fun. All
0: right, well, Steve, so, thank you. you so much. Thanks, and uh, we'll, we'll see you again probably later this year. So, <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> All right, well, take care and goodbye, everybody. Thanks for tuning in for this special episode of Serious Fun.
1: You just listened to a Phoenix Studio production, the podcast network for the University of Wisconsin, Green Bay. For more podcasts, visit uwgb.edu forward slash podcasts.